Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Soul Series podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. I am a professional psychic medium, and I am also a licensed clinical social worker, aka a therapist. I have been working in private practice for over 20 years. And although I was born a medium, I have been working professionally as one for the past decade. On today's show, we're going to be talking about paranormal psychotherapy with my guest, Dr. Darren Wallace. So a little bit about Dr. Darren. Hello. A little bit about Dr. Darren is he is a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and a certified addiction counselor working with families since 1996. He is the former president of the Colorado Association of Marriage and Family Therapy and served on the National Board of Directors with the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy. Dr. Darren holds several teaching positions at various institutions at the graduate postgraduate and doctoral levels, teaching and supervising students in marriage and family therapy. His therapy practice includes working with individuals, but mostly with couples and families with a variety of relational, emotional, behavioral, spiritual, and substance abuse problems. This family therapy work includes working with the paranormal, which Dr. Darren has been specializing in since 2002. Dr. Darren is the owner of the Colorado Center for Couples and Family Therapy and is the host of the podcast show, Paranormal Family Therapy. Welcome, Dr. Darren. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I've been excited about uh, hearing what you have to say and what you're going to ask me and what am I going to (laughs) say? This is going to be a great talk. So Uh reading your bio, Mm -hmm. it's very traditional. It's mm-hmm. very, very traditional. So can you tell uh, tell us, how did you come up, how did you get into the paranormal world? How did you end up working with the paranormal? Yeah, so I um, really, in my professional work as a marriage and family therapist, licensed clinical social worker, I, I really just fell into it. So uh, I went and got my master's degree um, and then did a two-year post-grad program in marriage and family therapy at a place Mm -hmm. called uh, Denver Family Institute. And uh, one of my first families that I worked with, I worked with them for about five or six weeks and made some uh, progress with them. Uh, They were were struggling uh, with mistrust and not being able to get along with each other, a lot of arguing, a lot of tension in the house. Yeah. And uh, we were starting to make some progress and they trusted me. Um, So after about five or six weeks, they said, uh, the dad said, look, we like you. Uh, You're a funny guy. We like uh, coming to see you. We trust you. We're going to tell you the real reason why we're here now. And I was like, oh, okay. well, what is it? He said, well, we have our house is haunted. Um, And I said, oh, okay. well, I. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Um, and then we just kept working. And and what became part of our dialogue was the the haunting. And then, uh, you know, we we kept working at the trust issues. Um, I, I began staffing uh, those, those cases with my supervisor who had the same reaction I did. I was like, yeah, this family, you remember this family that we've been talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, the, it turns out their house is haunted. And, and my, my supervisor Dave Blair was like, what do you mean? Like, like ghosts? And and I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that one before. He's, he said almost the exact same thing as I did. 
But we just staff those cases exactly the same as we did any other case. And then that's how I came to do this, is that even though the content was different, um, there was a ghost in the house or some kind of um, energy or negative spirit or whatever was going on. So in the house, we still worked with the family on how to get along, how to unite, how to uh, come together as a unit, you know, and then, and in these cases, um, how to come together as a unit in order to either integrate with this thing or more likely, at least with the hauntings, how to get it out and keep it out. You're a new therapist. Uh, well, this- I was, yeah, by that time I, I had worked with gang members and their families and things like that, but that was in my training officially as like a marriage and family therapist. Because okay. I had, I had uh, by that time, I had had six or seven years in the field. Okay, okay. All yeah, right. so okay. so I wasn't a brand new, I was like at a counselor level. Got it. Uh, up until then, and then, and then I was receiving my, you know, sort of like therapy level uh, training at that point. Yeah. So I have to ask, when uh-huh. they told you that they believed that their house was haunted, and you responded how you did, which sounds uh-huh. great because you didn't, oh, that's ridiculous. Or, oh my goodness, you know, are you people crazy? Or, or let me see if I can diagnose them with something. Yeah. What, uh-huh. what did, what were you thinking in your mind? What were, well, like, what were you thinking? Well, at, at the time, I mean, I, I, what I was thinking was, okay, that this is the first time that, you know, something like this has been presented to me as right. like, the, like the problem. Um, now in my own history i do have a history of this uh in my own personal life now okay i i don't uh talk about that often um you know my experience but it was a dark uh entity uh that i had experience with so my um openness to the paranormal was was there okay Uh, so you already believed Yes, I, I had already, uh, well, I had already believed that that's a possibility. Now, okay, what was yep. also part of my um, experience in in uh, my career was I did work with people with schizophrenia and uh, psychotic disorders. And so that was also part of my training uh, up until that point in my uh, career. And so um so I had what I think is kind of a balance, and I have it now, I think, is this balance of there's, you know, psychotic disorders, and then there's also uh, the paranormal. And so uh, and so I was open to it. And as it turns out, uh, with this um, particular family, I mean, there was a paranormal uh, investigator group that I collaborated with at some levels and uh, a psychic medium that I collaborated with and a um, uh, they were Catholic. And so uh, a Catholic priest that was actually the one that came in at the end and cleaned the house and and did all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was I I was open to that as a possibility of a way to uh, work with a family. So did you actually, were you the person who um, coordinated the paranormal team to come in and the priest and all of that? You were the one that did all that? Not directly um, with that one, with that case. That was the first one. And so they were, um, they were part of a, um, like a chat group <laughs> back then because this is day. You know, 2002 so they yeah. had 
you know, they were doing chat room stuff mm-hmm. and they were chatting with like other local families with hauntings and paranormal stuff going on. Okay. And uh, that's actually how I then received other referrals, by the way, um, oh, Okay. early on. So they're in these chat rooms and and, and so they were getting uh, information from other people that had the same experience, you know, what they did. And and so that's how that happened. Um, but I was encouraging of that because as you, you know, and you understand this as a LCSW licensed clinical social worker and also a marriage and family therapist think this way. They, they do think about the system itself, the family members, but then also who else is around around them right. uh, as to how to enhance uh, the therapy and how to work with them. And so it made sense that I would collaborate with these other folks. Yeah. And yeah. so at least on that first one, yeah, I was not initiating any of that. That was already in motion and that I was the one that was kind of the, the addition, which was the, the family therapy part. And okay. so, um, so in that, in, in that instance, um, it, you know, it turned out very well. Uh, they were able to get the, um, the entity out of the house and, uh, because of the therapy and what they had worked on with each other, uh, they were much closer. And, um, at least my belief was by the end, was pretty robust against, uh, this thing ever being able to return. So you as the therapist, your one of your roles was to help unite the family against yes. this entity against yes. what was quote unquote really going on according to yes. what they had said to you okay mm-hmm. yeah i know this is kind of like family therapy nerdy but um you know there were they were in this triangle this therapeutic triangle with this entity where once they banded together as a unit then each one of them was in conflict with this um, entity and then recruited other folks that weren't necessarily against them, but would help them get this thing out. And that that's what, um, including me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when you had this whole team uh, of folks all on the same, uh, all on the same side with the same kind of idea, along with the family, making, uh, uh, again, making them pretty robust against this thing, being able to come back because then there were a unit it it sort of starved this uh, entity because it was no longer uh, getting receiving all kinds of energy, um, negative energy from their their arguments and their fighting and yeah. and all of that. And so um, so it weakened it, and then they got it out. And then, as far as I know, they never returned. So, are you saying that this entity was trying to triangulate this family? No, what I'm saying is I was uh, I was thinking about it in terms of triangle theory, where how can we uh, make sure that everyone's on the same team together against a common sort of enemy? Okay. Um, because uh, when folks have a common enemy, so to speak, uh, it often will strengthen their bond with each other if they have a common enemy. I mean, this mm-hmm. happens in families it happens in uh, with entire societies like right. countries you know yeah. the you know as if one country mm-hmm. is acting out and two countries are in conflict that that will actually help their the those two countries alliance with each other become right. even stronger did you find that with this family or maybe some other families that you've worked with that there are some people within the family unit that doesn't believe 
yes. <laughs> that this is paranormal and then other yes. ones are positive or even maybe some people, only some people in the family are experiencing it and the other ones are not. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bring, bring that up because my, my experience with this is that there's generally one person that may not be, uh, by the time they get to me, there's one person uh, that is not sensing these things or seeing these things or or believes these things. Yeah. And that that's part of the problem is mm-hmm. that when all of them are seeing it and when all of them, then it, then it's easier for them to have an understanding that these things are, uh, these things are happening. If there's right. one naysayer, then there's conflict. And then what happens is the naysayer, especially if it's a, like a parent, then can drive underground the discussion around what these things are doing, what's happening for folks, right? Mm -hmm. Then it becomes a secret because it's no longer safe to talk about it openly because the kids will get in trouble or or the other parent talking to the kids about this will get in trouble because Mm -hmm. the other person's like, this is all a bunch of crap and it's not happening and stop making excuses and, and things like that. And so then those conversations become secret. And then all of a sudden, you know, it might be one parent who doesn't believe that these things are happening. The other parent is having conversations with the children about these things, trying to support the kids. And then all of a sudden, that other parent that doesn't believe becomes somewhat of an enemy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it creates negative it creates negativity and negative energy in the house when you have a family divided. You know, and that's true Absolutely. for anything. But if you if you've got really scary, I mean, because the paranormal activity in a household is frightening, yeah, for adults and for kids, mm-hmm. right? It's typically not Casper. Yeah, right? it's yeah, it's so, not their dead grandma that we're talking right, about who, who's so, scaring them. And so when you yeah. have three or four family members who are terrified, um, and you have one who's dismissing them completely, now we have fractures in that relationship too. Yeah, so absolutely. We're getting into the so, clinical piece too. Yeah, but so that's most of the work, right? Is mm-hmm. is to how to um help these fractured relationships become healed or at least begin to start working at it so that they can be a unit. And yeah. w- what does happen occasionally, which really helps this process, it doesn't always happen, but um when it does, it's really relieving, is then the the family member then starts to see this thing as well like you know the black mist or a white mist or you know shadows moving around and they're like okay well okay maybe maybe there is something here i'm not saying it's a ghost i'm not saying it's uh, Mm -hmm. some kind of uh, negative energy but i did see something and so yeah let's let's talk about this and then they're finally open to it and so for a lot of folks though it's it's very difficult for them to be able to believe something that they can't Mm -hmm. see Right. Or touch. Yeah. Or touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But then when they actually see it, uh, then like, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to rethink (laughs) what what I've been saying all of this time. And usually that's very helpful. But the work that I do doesn't always require that everyone has to believe that there's some kind of spirit in the house because they're also are are problems in the house that we can in family therapy can help work on you know mistrust and or if there's some kind of uh like an addiction issue or 
or you know some kind of problem between the parents or something like that that all of those things can be worked at that will relieve some of the pressure off of all of the family members get them talking to one another mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to agree that this is paranormal they don't um okay. in order for them to make progress and change the environment of the house so that there isn't all of this negative energy floating around and then for some of these uh entities whatever they are when they're no longer able to feed off of some of that negative energy they're they they become weakened and then they don't have a strong hold on you know a person or uh the family uh, uh, as a whole uh so that's interesting so okay so you're saying that there is a theory or your experience has been is Mm -hmm. that when there is negativity in a household, which all of us have negativity in our households, right? We are not always our best self when we are at home with our family, (laughs) right? Uh Um, So not meaning to freak anybody out who's listening to this, but Mm -hmm. I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're talking about some really chronic, heavy duty negativity within a family, or at least within the location of that house. And then a family comes in and now we're all interacting energetically, right? With the household, within our family members and things are escalating. Negativity Mm -hmm. is escalating, right? So now we have negative energy that's pretty big. Is that one of the commonalities that you find working with families who are experiencing hauntings is that there's chaos or heavy duty negativity within all of them. And if, yes. if not, is there other things that you see that's kind of a common? Um, yeah, my experience is if they get if they come to me, it's because there's all kinds of things going on in the family. Yeah. If they were a united family and they were just dealing with just they were dealing with a negative entity, they probably wouldn't need me. They right. need they need a, a spiritual, they need a Native American shaman. They need a, a a medium who has experience in this. They don't need a family therapist. So when, when they come to me, it's because there's all kinds of trouble within the family itself. And so that in addition to having some kind of spirit or negative entity or several of them uh, in their house. <laughs> Have you noticed any connection between uh, the period of adolescence and, okay, yeah, I've heard that before and it makes sense to me because the hormones are flying and things are changing and there's a lot of passion, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of strong emotions, many are negative with teenagers. Mm -hmm. So you, so you do see teenagers involved? Yeah, I see that. I see that frequently where, and, and in particular, if I'm naming it, that there's a medium in the house. And if the medium is also this 12, 13, 14 year old, mm-hmm. um, where all of these strong emotions, then it it just uh, it seems like a pattern where it's attracting these things to to them. Now, now not I'm not saying it's like their fault. Right. What I'm saying is that they're they're just attractive to these negative entities that can feed off of that and that, you know, at least it seems like to me there's some manipulation of things in order to crank up that negative energy um, that uh, a medium would put off and yeah. that that uh, feeds some of these things. So that's a pattern. There's there's like that pattern. Then there's patterns of, you know, kids messing around with Ouija boards and things like that. Yeah. that 
that opens a doorway to these things and then mm-hmm. they come in and then it's hard to get them out. Yeah. You know, close that, get them out and then close that doorway. I mean, there's all of those kinds of things that happen. But what the focus of my work is to try to help them solve whatever problems they can with each other, how to get along as well as they can with each other, decrease the conflict in the house, increase the connection between family members, especially if one family member is kind of seen in that, you know, therapeutic triangle is like the enemy and how to bring that person, you know, repair those fractures, bring that person back in so that everyone is a united front. Therefore, after that, they have a much stronger chance of uh, doing something about this and preventing it from coming back in. It's, It's the same ideas in therapy, right? family therapy is that family therapists work not just to solve the problem at hand so that everything's okay now, but how can we uh, help the family work together as a unit well after they're no longer coming to family therapy so that they don't need family therapy. Right. Right. That's the goal. Yes. That's the goal. And so one more follow-up question about the some maybe some of the common profiles or commonalities that you've seen with some of the families or similarities. Mm-hmm. Do you notice as an addiction counselor, do you notice that negative entities or some type of haunting is associated with a substance abuser in the house? Yes, it plays into that um, idea that like a negative entity would take advantage of a weakness. Mm-hmm. Or what you know, I, and I'm naming it as a as a weakness uh, that somebody is susceptible to something that is harmful to themselves and to the family around them. Uh, that's what I mean by weakness, and uh, to play on that in order to drive the family members apart and crank up the uh, negative energy that happens as a result. And a tool for that has been through substance use, mm-hmm. right now. I just had this discussion uh, with a gentleman uh, last Saturday on my own podcast where he was he was describing, and I hadn't quite heard it like this before, where he was describing that, that um, the uh, state of being that a person is in while they're intoxicated or high mm-hmm. actually makes that person more susceptible to a spiritual attachment and being able to be influenced by that yeah. spiritual negative one. Mm-hmm then uh, to negatively influence that person. And so, and so I don't know, I I just think that's fascinating, but it is a common aspect. Now, part of my problem is, is that it's not a problem, it's it's an occurrence is that frequently people that come to see me come to see me because they're having troubles in their marriage or they're having trouble as a couple or they're having trouble as a family due to an addiction. That's just what they come to see me for, right. not necessarily because there's a spirit in the house, uh, because I'm an addictions counselor. And so that right. happens. And so I'm used to that being part of the issue that families come in to see me for yeah. is uh, some kind of uh, substance abuse issue. Mm-hmm. And so it just so happens that that also is a strong part of what happens in these families with the hauntings is there's some kind of substance use issue that's also happening right they just go hand in hand yeah and so i don't know what your other guest had had uh, mentioned about substances weakening 
the energetic field, because we all have an energy field, right? Yeah. It's the aura. Um, yeah. When we, the theory is that when we eat horribly, when we drink alcohol, when we're, you know, ingesting poisons and toxic substances into our body, whatever that might be, um, it, it weakens our energy field mm -hmm. and we can become more susceptible to a negative attachment or yes. negativity in general, right? Yes. When you yes. don't have a healthy, we always talk about like having a healthy body, you know, like take care of yourself physically, work out, have a healthy emotional um, body, meaning go talk to a therapist or read self-help books. But we don't talk about how to strengthen and keep your spiritual, your energetic body healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole nother topic. But I think it's an interesting theory about um, how when people are chronically abusing alcohol or drugs, they can absolutely end up with an attachment because their energetic field is weakened because of what they're doing, yes. what they're ingesting. Yes, that makes perfect sense. It happens over and over yep. again. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's that's exactly what it is. They're more susceptible to this influence, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and that's not that to say that everyone who uses alcohol is has an attachment. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. But it is a possibility and it's a theory that's out there for sure. Well, sure. And, and, and it goes the other way, too. It's not just negative. There are some substances that people ingest that make them more uh, open or susceptible to like a positive influence as well. It, it just it just does that. It, but what we're talking about is when it's in a negative way, right? To something that might be negative. Yeah. It happens over and over. Yeah. And I um, I remember years ago, I was studying under medium James Von Prague, who's a, um, he was uh, back in the day kind of famous with, I think he's still famous, but um, he was on Larry King Live and Oprah and all that. And one of the things that James, when he talked about this topic is he said, some of the most haunted places are bars. Um, yeah. You get a lot of people in the spirit world who were alcoholics, who still like to hang out in those environments, mm -hmm. right? And so it's just, they sort of thrive on that drinking all, you know, we attract, <clears throat> we stay, we continue to do things that we like to do when we were in the physical. And uh -huh. I thought that was really interesting. And so then of course, you know, you could leave a bar, you're drunk, <laughs> have something attached to you or someone yeah. as well. Uh -huh. Well, that makes sense. And you, You'll you'll see on the uh, paranormal shows, you know, they they frequently will have, you know, things fly off of the bar, you know, yep. a, a, you know, a glass or something, you yeah. know, because uh, that energy is still there. So do you have a case in your history that stands out to you that kind of haunts you, so to speak, or that you were I mean, I would imagine this type of work is super interesting and there's always something new. Right. But is there something that sticks out to you where you're like, wow, whoa. Yeah, there's uh, one irrefut irrefutable experience that I have um, that I, I'm like, look, there is no denying this one. This one absolutely I knew was paranormal is that uh, I had a it was a haunted house case, family therapy and <clears throat> family therapists like me <clears throat> are use chairs. We don't use couches. Um, and the reason being is like structural family therapy. You want to be able to move around uh, chairs and things. But I'm sitting right here in a rotating chair. This is the only one. The rest are fixed. Mm -hmm. And so I rarely sit in this chair. And so years ago, I had a family 
where there was uh, poltergeist activity, where the things were moving around on their own, um, voices and uh, everything, like everything. It wasn't just the girl who's a medium, by the way, or a, a budding medium, but all of the family members were seeing these things. Was, this was this was happening on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. And they were explaining, you know, they had explained to me you know, how these things are moving around. And, you know, it was interesting. I was like, okay, but it wasn't anything that I hadn't heard before. So we're sitting in our um, uh, circle of chairs. And like I said, I'm not sitting in this rotating chair. I was sitting in a regular chair. And we're just talking. And I I, I think this is true. We were talking about the Broncos, uh, the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. and just kind of bullshitting around and having a good time, you know, checking in. And then all of a sudden, we weren't talking about anything paranormal. Then all of a sudden, my rotating chair just starts to spin around. And I look over at it and I was like, oh, and it startled me. I was like, holy sheesh. Yeah. My chair is moving by itself. And this family was not phased at all. Not even a little bit. Like <laughs> they're like, oh no! I know. I was. I'm the scared. One. They're just like whatever. <laughs> um, and and the the girl, the daughter, uh, got upset with me. She said, "For Christ's sake, what the hell have you been listening to? We've been telling you that this happens this whole time." And I was like, "Well, yeah, but it didn't happen right in front of me. I mean, I was just listening to your stories." And so that's the one instance where um, it was irrefutable what was happening to them was then happen it was happening like it actually happened in my office, and so right so that one probably stands out the most. Understandably so, but interestingly mm-hmm. enough, they're coming and talking about all this in this uh, these experiences in the home, and yet they bring it they to brought the it office, them. yeah. yeah. So, which is also more evidence that spirit, spirits and people, people in the spirit world or a poltergeist type activity can follow the family members. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to stay in that one location. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I have this, uh, uh, I think you and I have talked about this before, but um, I have this sort of unofficial rating system of people and how sensitive they are. Uh, to the spiritual realm or to energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a regular old dude. You know, I'm a five out of 10, you know, nothing special, no extra sensitivity. It's so like full blown mediums like yourself are like a, a, a nine or a 10 out of 10 on this unofficial scale that I have. But even regular old dudes like me, uh, when folks bring this stuff with them, these haunted house cases, when they bring this stuff with them, especially the, the negative, nasty ones, even I can tell when they come inside the, the office. Yeah. I'm like, holy cow, that, yeah, something, you brought something with you. Or, because it's the same feeling for me, or they just had a fight. Yeah, it's, and you can feel it. To me, yeah, I can feel that. It's the exact same feeling. Uh, and I can't tell the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, whereas other people can. Um because I'm not a zero. I'm not like a zero out of 10. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm like a five or something. Um, and even I can tell it. And then when they leave, it goes with them too. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. they leave and you're like, whoo. Oh, <laughs> I went, yeah, just, I, I feel right. like I, you know, just lost 
50 pounds, I feel a whole lot lighter, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. That so that's, that's an important thing to point out too. It's a feeling. You uh-huh. don't necessarily see it. I know you saw the chair spinning, but yeah, I think this that. is important for people to, <laughs> yeah, for people to know is that many times it's a feeling. You can be talking to someone, maybe just one individual and you're like, oh, yeah, I just, oh, because their uh-huh. vibe, you know, and there could be, who knows, maybe they don't feel well. Maybe they just got in a fight with their spouse. Maybe there is something attached to them, but we all know we've all met people like that. Then you yeah. can be around somebody else on the opposite end who's just so positive and happy and, and you feel you end up feeling good around them. That's energy. Yeah. I always tell yeah. people that's you sensing their energy. That's all that is. That's your intuition. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you might not know anything. Did they get in a fight or not? But you just feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that's very real. We need to pay attention to those feelings because that's communicating to us something really important. So I wanted to ask a, another follow-up question about like this family that left, right? And you were like, whoa, I felt like I just lost 50 pounds. Yeah. So that made me wonder, like, how do you or do you protect yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you protect your uh, energetic self? How What, what kind of energetic boundaries do you have? Um, because we both know even as therapists, we have to have those and we need to, you know, we're working with difficult situations, possibly difficult clients throughout the day. How, how do you manage that when you have, uh, you know, you, you're working with some, especially in a paranormal situation? How do you check yourself? What are your, some of the well, what I, I do uh, an awful lot of prayer um, when now, sometimes I don't always know when this is coming into my office. When I do, I am aware that it's a haunted house case or something like that. I pray consistently before the night before yeah. Just before they walk in mm-hmm. and then afterwards, yep. uh, I pray and and ask for protection and guidance in, in, in what I'm doing. And so that becomes a regular part. Now, one of the things that, you know, I and my my family, what we have to get better at is protecting our home because occasionally some of these things will follow me. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the negative ones, usually even the negative ones will probably usually respond well to my own authority yeah uh, to you you can't come in here you can't be you're not allowed here and and then you know there can be additional things that can also protect i i'm a huge fan in my, of my own faith um and how that uh, you know i i draw a lot of energy positive energy mm-hmm. um through that and i think part of that positive energy then is protective Uh, Not just like a blessing or something from the Lord, but also uh, just this positive thinking and and doing the best that you can in order to be as much light when something that might be darker is trying to come in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so important to to incorporate that into our our work as therapists, regardless, but also when you're working directly with um, the spiritual realms, you know, to to never forget to protect yourself. Never forget. Yeah. Yeah. So are there any um, final thoughts that you might have or that you would want people to know um, about your work or uh, anything that you want to add? Yeah. The the thing that is one of the things that's important to me, I don't know if it's like categorized as the most important, but is very important to me in this work is the collaboration between the psychotherapeutic community, family therapy in particular, mm-hmm. with the paranormal community and being able to collaborate with each other. It's a huge 
deal to me that folks start talking to each other. And part of what I'm trying to do is to help paranormal folks to talk to uh, spiritual folks, which I think they will do. But then for psychotherapeutic folks to talk to the paranormal folks, to the mediums, to the uh, Native American shamans, to the Catholic priests, to the paranormal investigators, so that they're all working together. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing information. They're all on the same team because uh, now what I'm talking about are when these entities are negative, it'll be very important that there's a team behind the family along with the family itself. Yeah. All um, doing the same thing to get this thing out or take care of it or protect the family. Right. So I think that that's important. But then there's also just the greater paranormal community, which isn't just these negative entities. It's also, you know, mediums being able to um, communicate with the spirits of, of dead uh, loved ones and being able to heal yeah. relationships. And I know that's part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, the a, a new thing that I, I have started to do with a colleague of mine, uh, Shannon Keneally, is she is a medium. She's like you. She is a medium and an LCSW and is for her to be able to fully immerse herself in a family therapy session as a medium. And that I just do the family therapy, but then we, we do that family therapy so that she can, you know, fully being immersed in the um, mediumship that she does. Mm-hmm. Not, not have to work, worry about the family therapy part that I will do that. And right. then she work with her in the session with the family in order to do that. So we just started doing that. And it's so far, it's been uh, pretty darn cool. But that's that mm-hmm. collaboration, you know, with with each other so that we can help families. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, the more that it's talked about, more open folks will be there. Obviously, our naysayers and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that uh, folks that don't believe in this, and that's okay. Yeah, um, I think as as time progresses and and as we talk more and more about it, and I want to make sure people are uh, talking about this and doing this. You know, the barriers that might have uh, prevented some healing in families can be broken down and actually uh, work even if the a loved one has passed away oh, that there's sure. still some work that can be done as yep. uh, unusual as that might sound yeah no i mean I, as a medium and a therapist myself that's kind of how my uh private readings go anyways yeah. um but you know interestingly enough is uh, and and maybe you've seen this in your work with um Shannon i mean i do it more on the private um yeah. one-on-one individual cuz i don't do couples counseling and i don't do family therapy i do individual yeah you know, we're still who we are when we pass away. We, yeah. it's not like we grow angel wings and know the secrets to the universe. You know, we're still who we are and we, but we are also growing and changing and evolving and learning lessons and, and taking accountability. And there is no specific time frame like, oh, well, they've been gone, you know, for us, they've been dead six months. So he should be at this point in time. No, that's irrelevant. Right. But what I've seen, too, is that um, even people in the spirit world, just like in a classic therapy session, might not be ready to say they're sorry yet. They might not be ready to take accountability. They might still be, um, you know, processing what they did. So we it's very interesting. It's 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 healing because they showed up. Right. It's healing because they showed up. But 
it's also a process too. So we can't, uh, there are no guarantees of, you know, the, the client coming in, getting what they want. We would hope for that, but it, it's, you know, people are still where they're at, even outside of the body, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 And, so. and how, and how wonderful the work is now, uh, you know, as I'm working more and more uh, with mediums in this way, like mm-hmm. you and I talking now, because uh, previously my work with mediums has been, okay, so what can I learn from you about what's going on with the spirit? Um, mm-hmm. Here's what's happening with the family that right. might be helpful for whatever you're doing as a medium. That was my relationship for years with mediums. Yeah. Now I'm interviewing mediums because I'm so fascinated with this. I mean, it is so fun for me to finally be able to, because in my professional relationship with folks, uh, with mediums, it was never appropriate, at least that I thought that I should ask them like some of the questions that I get to ask you or you, you know, that we talk about in, you know, like podcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. like, how do you know that something's a spirit and, you know, and, right. and, and things like that. I, now I get to ask all those questions. Yeah. And, you know, what I've been thinking about over the last year or so, it's like, why didn't I just do this anyway? I mean, I should have been doing this because it's so interesting and so fun. And I think people are interested in it as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just, me that's interested in people want to know okay when mediums are able to do these things you know what is it that they're able to sense and what messages and like that that wonderful story that you told me about how your your grandfather because he loves you and loves your grandma and loves your you know your family absolutely made sure that he did not come across to you at the beginning yeah. as something he, it had to be it was your glitter yeah it, it yep. had to come across like that so that it was gentle and that that's what a loving ancestor would do right to come across and I'm just fascinated with that that mm-hmm. sort of stuff because yeah. my experiences have been up until more recently that the negative spirits are intentionally scaring people yes. they're, they're trying to make them scared because that mm-hmm. cranks up that negative energy in the room and right. so it's really nice to hear from mediums and be able to talk to them about these you know real positive experiences and I'm just fascinated with it and and hope yeah. that this encourages more people with abilities like yours to be able to develop that and further help you know people in need. Yeah, yeah. And there is so much more to the paranormal world than the scary spooky stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's real and that's what the shows tend to focus on because yeah. you know that's the show. Um but there is more to it and there's healing that can come in many different forms. You know, therapeutic um private their um, mediumship session that I do yeah. but the work that Shannon and you are doing. So there's there's all different types. There's all different types. And and for people who are um maybe hadn't listened to the podcast that I did on Darren's uh, podcast, he's referring to the first time I saw a a story I shared with him, the first time I saw someone in spirit, which was my grandfather. And I was a little Mm -hmm. kid. And the first thing I saw um, was this beautiful, like purple glitter that was just going around and around. It was very mesmerizing. And my grandfather emerged from that. And I know now that from, you know, working with spirit in the way that I do for as long as I have, that my grandfather did that because he did not want to just show up. It would have frightened me, probably traumatized me as a child. Um, He eased his way in to not 
make me afraid using that purple glitter. Um, so it was actually a very beautiful experience. So that's what he's talking about. So it was just so lovely talking to you, Darren. And I, I mean, seriously, I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and hours. I'm so grateful that I met you uh-huh. all those years ago and so grateful that you came on my podcast. And I know I'm going to have you back. I know I oh, will yeah, um, I, keep I, this yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to sign off and thank everyone for joining us today. And um, thank you again, Darren. Well, thank you so much for having me and allowing me to use this platform to be able to communicate this connection between the paranormal and family therapy and therapy in general. Absolutely. Yeah, so I appreciate it. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye.